Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number two, Your Mind Fixes Itself. Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to Changeable, a podcast about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. And now, here's your host, Dr. Amy Johnson. Welcome back to Changeable. I'm Dr. Amy Johnson, and I'm happy to have you back here for episode two. In episode one, which is called The Ironic Way Change Really Works, I talked about how the less we do, so the less we force, try, willpower, um, push, the less we do all of that effortful stuff to try to make change happen, the more change we tend to actually experience. So that's pretty ironic. So our efforts, those things we're doing to make change happen, especially those things that we're doing from that old paradigm that makes sense in the old paradigm, those are all about action and behavior and hard work. And they're just focused there. They're focused on intervening and manipulating and making things look different. And they get in the way innocently. They tend to get in the way of change. So definitely when we're doing those things, there's not so much long-term, deep, lasting change that we're experiencing. We might find some relief. We might find some behavior change for sure. But the chances of it really going deep into the core and being something that truly feels like a shift for us, where we see things differently, we see ourselves or our lives differently, not all that likely when we're just focused on our behavior and we're kind of looking at the surface level. So all that stuff we've been running around doing, all of our hard work, all of our efforts in general, again, they they tend to kind of interfere with what's already wanting to work and how our nature is already working. Now, there are a lot of reasons for this. I want to start to flesh out um, one or two of those in this episode, reasons why the more we do and push and force, the less change we have, the more that gets in the way. But the most obvious reason to just mention up front is that change is our nature. So we're designed to change. We're always changing by nature. Anything that we, we little human beings with our little minds try to do to make nature better, to try to speed it up, speed up how things work or to make it go in our favor or our direction, the more we tend to just muck it up. <laughs> I mean, it's already working just fine. And we just have to kind of see that it's working fine and let it work. And that is really, really hard when it comes to us, when it comes to our life and our psychology and how we work. We haven't been told that. We've been told that there are issues that need fixing. So it's extremely hard sometimes for us to see, oh no, wait a minute, this is a system that actually works fine right now. It actually works perfectly the way it's working right now, we just need to understand it. So if you ask us, we can say, yeah, I can see that change is kind of wired into human beings, especially we see it in kids all the time. You know, kids are always changing and growing and learning so much so quickly. And even us adults are. So we can talk about it. You know, this isn't completely brand new news to us. We can say, yeah, I see that change is happening and we can probably come up with examples. Yet pretty much all of us tend to go through our day-to-day life living as if we don't know that. So kind of living as if we believe basically what we've been told from traditional psychology and self-help, which is that if you want something to change in your experience, in your life, you better do it. It's not going to happen on its own. You better step up and make it happen. So I use the example of the weather in episode one. And 
weather clearly is changing by its own force. It has nothing to do with you or me. And we can do anything we want, but we're not going to be very successful at changing the weather. Now, we can't interfere with the weather. So that's where the weather example kind of falls apart here. But we do know because we just deeply, intuitively get how weather works, we don't try to change it. (laughs) We might complain about it. We certainly do that. But we aren't out there trying to change it. It's just fruitless to try to do that. And we know that it's taken care of. It changes on its own. Imagine if you saw your own thoughts and feelings in a similar way. So another example is our physical body. You know, we get a cut, we break a bone, whatever it might be, your body's going to go to work instantly trying to heal that cut or fuse those bones back together. Now, let's just use the cut for an example. We can pick at it. We can open the Band-Aid every couple minutes and look at it. We can use all kinds of medication to try to speed up the healing, all kinds of stuff that they've come up with in recent years to sell, to say, hey, this will make your cut heal even faster. You know, if you want it cut, if you want your cut healed right now, use this. Will it help? I don't know. Maybe some of it will help. Will it interfere to be pulling back that Band-Aid and picking at it? I don't know, maybe, (laughs) probably some of that is going to interfere with the natural healing that's wanting to happen, that's trying to happen. Maybe some of it won't. But the point is that we don't need to step in and help it along. We don't need to. When we get how it works, when we see that when you cut your finger, your body goes to work trying to heal, starting to heal that cut without your input, we can just stay out of the way. (laughs) You know, We don't need to get in there. We don't need to have an active role. So another kind of um, interesting place to see this, I think, the influence of that old paradigm that's like, oh, let's, let's help it along. Let's do it faster. Let's, let's make this work, you know, in this direction is how we tend to overteach things sometimes that we're kind of wired to learn. And I was thinking about some examples of this and I was thinking about teaching my kids, um, particularly my son, how to ride a bike. Now, kids come wired when they're physically ready, you know, when they're there physically and mentally ready, probably to just get on a bike and balance. It's, it's built into their body. It's possible. It's just that they can't do it until they can. But it's funny how we kind of, you know, try to overteach that. So teaching Miller was a good example of this where he was ready. He's a super coordinated kid and we knew, okay, physically he can absolutely do this. But for whatever reason, he just wasn't riding the bike. So my husband and I are out there, um, you know, try this, try that, (laughs) do it this way, sit up straight, hold your knees here, do this, you know, and we could just see with this poor kid that it was taking it completely in the wrong direction. He was ready to ride a bike when he was ready to ride a bike. Our teaching wasn't going to speed it along. In this case, it really did probably interfere. And what actually happened is kind of funny is that our um, our neighbor, the little girl next door, Allie, she's 10 days younger than Miller and they're good friends and in class together and kind of competitive with each other. He's competitive with her anyway. So she's also very coordinated and athletic and they're in all kinds of sports together. We're outside working on the bike riding. Allie goes outside with her parents working on the bike riding. Two minutes later, here comes Allie riding her bike past our house with no parents holding her. Miller saw that, literally saw that, jumped on his bike and chased after Allie. And that was the end of that. (laughs) So he could do it, you know, clearly when he was ready, when all that thinking wasn't in the way. But 
here we were just thinking, okay, do it in this time and maybe this weekend and try it this way and sit up straight this way. And, you know, and it just added so much. So our teaching in general, our teaching and trying to shove more in and make things happen, it doesn't help. It tends to make things worse a lot of times. And it reminds me of that Mark Twain quote that people like to quote a lot. If we learn to walk and talk the way we learn to read and write, everyone would limp and stutter. So we don't need all of this instruction. We don't need to talk about it. It's in there. It's it's in the blueprint. It's wired within us. And I think it's so awesome to see that change works in that way as well. It's in there. It's we're designed to change and grow in positive healthy ways. It's it's what I love this phrase. I just say it all the time, but it's what wants to happen. So we're moved by something bigger than us, by our design toward clarity, toward insight, toward balance in Miller's case, toward high performance, you know, whatever that might look like for us. And we're constantly changing by nature, constantly. It's it's happening already. And the more we can kind of see that this is happening, get a feel for how it works and let it happen. It's not that there won't be things for us to do. There will be rules for us to play and things for us to do at times, but we'll be like behind the current. You know, we won't be in there just shoving in more information, more behavioral strategies, doing more stuff, hoping that that speeds it along and makes it stick. We'll be behind that. We'll be going with the flow of what's natural and taking our cues from that. And things are going to go a lot better that way. So I want to talk in this episode about another reason that change works in this ironic way, where the less we push and force, the more change we see. And that's that our nature is perfect, clear, and whole right now. And what moves through us in terms of our experience? So I'm going to call this our mind and I don't know, it's our own personal mind, like our experience in life, our psychology. What moves through us fixes itself. I started to mention this, I think in the last episode, but we'll look at it a little bit more here. So your mind, the human mind works like weather and cut fingers, but no one knows this. (laughs) This is like the best kept secret ever. No one knows this. We've all been taught all these things to do to try to help our experience change and help our mind change and find better thoughts and better feelings. We've been given so much to do. But you guys, your mind fixes itself. Stuff shows up, it's brought to life, and it washes away. And life gets so much easier as you can maybe start to imagine when we see this. So see if you can try on the idea that thoughts and feelings that move through you aren't yours. Now, just see if you can kind of take this in. It's okay if this doesn't like resonate anything I share in this podcast, but, but just kind of try it on and see. So we're used to seeing it as oh, you think this way, you feel that way. I'm anxious. I have depression. I have too many thoughts about drinking or working or not working enough or whatever it might be that we're caught up in. We're told this is your problem. And instantly it looks like it's about us. Now, 
everything that happens in our heads looks like it's about us. <laughs> we are we are the center of our own little mental universe, you know? So when thinking shows up and it doesn't just show up in this cute little package where we're like, oh, isn't that a nice thought? No, it's brought to life in context in, you know, using what's around us and using our past and our future and content and story and details about us and our lives. And so no wonder it looks personal besides the fact that it's also in our heads, <laughs> in our voice, you know, and, and we've been hearing that voice in our own heads and seeing things through our own thinking our entire lives. So we're really, really close to it. No wonder it looks personal, you know, but it's interesting to kind of see, you know, what if it isn't? So see if you can kind of get a feel for this, that you can take you, like meaning your name and your little identity out of the equation a little bit, just set it off to the side and see if you can get a sense of what moves through us in terms of thoughts, feelings, behaviors, experiences are kind of like just this wave, this wave of experience moving through. We don't own it. I mean, I hope we don't own it because it comes and goes completely on its own. There's no there's no real ownership there. It's not even stable. It's all, we can't control it. So it's not like it's, it belongs to us in any sense. And in a way, it's not like it's even from us or about us. It's, it's kind of more like it's, um, it's not of us, but it's sort of through us. Now, I know this might just sound like, you know, a little wording changes, but see if you can just get this kind of feel for it. There's a separation between what we experience, what what shows up in this wave of experience through us all the time, our entire lives, and who we are. So we can notice what we're experiencing, what we're feeling or thinking, and we're the ones noticing that. So it can't be that it's us. And I would really really urge you to kind of consider, well, maybe it's not even mine. You know, maybe these don't even belong to me. Maybe the thoughts and feelings that show up don't even reflect how I feel. That's interesting. We'll talk about, talk more about that someday, but think about how many thoughts and feelings move through you and change completely on their own in any given hour of your day. So I mean, just stuff that shows up, fleeting little thoughts. I mean, now I'm talking about like insignificant little stuff. What time is it? I like her shirt. You know, what's for breakfast? This stuff that shows up all the time and or something catches your eye and your mind wanders over there constantly. And that stuff like, you know, we're aware of a lot of it. There's a ton of it that we probably aren't even consciously aware of, but it just takes care of itself. We don't have to do anything to get rid of the thought, what's for breakfast? Or I like her shirt. So I don't know why we'd have to do something to get rid of a thought that says, oh no, I'm scared to do this. Or, hmm, I think I'm gonna have another drink. It's four o'clock, it's time for drink number two. You know, like we, we act like those, and I get it. I mean, clearly those feel like very different. They feel like they have very different implications. I'm sure they do, but they're both thought, they're both experience showing up within us. If we didn't have to chase away, oh, the dog needs to go out and do a, 
an inquiry or a thought turnaround or find a replacement thought, or we didn't have to do that there. Why do we think we have to do it with these other thoughts? Now, when we have the eyes to see this, so when we start to get a feel for the fact that it works this way, you will see it all the time. You'll see it everywhere. It doesn't mean you won't get caught up in thought. It doesn't mean that you won't like some experiences better than others. You know, you're still going to be a human being. But but when you, you know, when we see that it works this way, we're just bombarded with evidence for it. That's just how our mind works. And now kind of before we see that it works this way, we don't see this. We don't see evidence. So we see evidence for the opposite. It looks and feels like we can feel stuck, like we can get stuck. Or people will say, yeah, I get that thought and feeling kind of come and go when they do their own thing, but mine always come back. You know, maybe my anxious thinking comes up and it's brought to life and, and then it goes away, but it just comes back the next minute. So we get caught up in this experience too of, oh, it's always there. It always comes back. I never get a break from it. And so it really doesn't look sometimes like it fixes itself. It's really easy to find evidence that it doesn't fix itself. But again, that's just what we're used to looking at. That's what the old paradigm kind of pointed us toward is this is here. It can get kind of sticky. You can be pretty stuck in it and you better intervene if you want that to change. So we're flipping this. And I want you to, to after this episode, take this into your life and just look around and see if you can assume that maybe this is right or just play with it, experiment it. You don't have to think it's right or wrong or any of that, but just kind of take this and play with it and say, huh, what if thought does show up, come to life within me and completely change on its own? You know, and I don't have to do anything to make that happen. And you will start to see evidence for it. You totally will. So my favorite metaphor for this and a lot of people's favorite because it's very visual, it's very easy to get a feel for, for things through this metaphor is that our mind works just like a snow globe. So imagine a little glass ball filled with water and some snow-like substance or glitter, if you're like my daughter Willow has glitter globes. Whatever it is, you shake this thing up, the snow or glitter flies all over the place. And then what do you do to get that snow to settle down? Do you have to like know the, the reverse shaking technique? Do you have to say mantras over it or affirmations or some kind of prayer over the snow globe? No, you just set it down. You just stop shaking it up and it naturally returns to its nature, which is clear. And that's because that's its design. That's what it's designed to do. The human mind has the same design as a snow globe. So we can get in there, get all caught up in whatever's swirling around. We're innocently oftentimes shaking it up. And we do that just by worrying about it, taking it seriously, taking it personally, trying to change it, trying to fix it. You know, all that stuff we do, it all kind of serves to continue shaking up that snow globe or shaking up our minds in this case. Now, eventually we're going to get tired. Eventually we get distracted, we get tired and our mind just shifts. But isn't it amazing to know that our mind really does work like a snow globe in so many ways. I mean, this is the, this is so profound, you know, it's so simple and 
kind of basic, but it's also really, really profound because we don't know this. No one's really ever told us this. We've been so bombarded with think this way, do this, feel this way, you know, where we're, we're basically in there with these snow globes doing all these strategies and techniques and interventions to get them to settle down. And it's like no one told us, hey, set the thing on the table and walk away. <laughs> it's that simple. And our human mind works in a very similar way. So I don't know. It's, I'm obviously very enthusiastic about this stuff, but I think that's pretty profound. It's pretty amazing, really. And it's the complete opposite of so much of what we've been told. Even if this makes sense on some level, it is not how we tend to live our lives because we've just, you know, from the time we were really little, been so oriented toward doing things and making things happen. Imagine what it's like to know that your experience moves through you. Every little insecure thought or feeling or craving or urge or whatever it is that's showing up in you is going to move through completely on its own. You don't have a job to do there. It's not your responsibility. Imagine that you knew that. You knew that everything that showed up in you, as uncomfortable as it might be at times, would completely fix itself. It would self-correct, it would float right through you and you'd be okay. The you that's in there beneath all that experience is always okay. Just imagine how different life would feel. I mean, imagine what your habits and your anxiety would look like. There wouldn't be anything there to keep them around. If we deeply knew this, there wouldn't be anything habitual and recurring and lingering in that same way because we would see, oh, this shows up this is okay. Oh, now this is showing up. This is okay. And then whatever the this is that was showing up would wash away because this is the way it works. And again, I want you to look for evidence for this. Don't make it a full-time job. This isn't another, okay, here's my new behavioral strategy. (laughs) Here's how I'm going to get out of my habits. Now I'm going to look for evidence and then go to work. Don't do that. Just notice, just take a random minute or two in a day and see how things are moving through. See how your mind clears completely on its own. The more you see this, your life is going to get easier in ways that you can't even imagine. Change will happen all over the place because you won't be in the way. It's already wanting to happen, but the pace of change picks up in a really, really big way the more that you know this. Thank you for listening to Changeable. If you're enjoying this podcast, please let me know. You can subscribe to the podcast and leave a review so others who need change can find their way here. If you want more on how change really happens, head over to dramyjohnson.com and grab the free PDF, Three Simple Ways to Break Free from Habits, Anxiety, and Addiction, even when you've already tried everything else.